When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. And we're the hosts of the Anxiety Chicks podcast, where we dive deep into the reality of anxiety, nutrition, and mental health. Listen as we explore all things anxiety healing while keeping it real, including our own struggles with mental health. We'll bring our expertise as healing professionals to the conversation while discussing the tools and strategies you need to heal the anxious mind. Listen to the Anxiety Chicks on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. How you doing today, Taylor? Pretty good. It's freezing out. I know. It got so cold here too in Philly. I'm And I have a yoga retreat this weekend and I was so excited oh, yeah. how warm it was because it's in the Poconos, if anyone from the Philly area knows. Um, and it's I'm like, I was so excited how warm the weather was and it's going to be like 19 degrees and it's like full of hiking and like mountains and I'm like, oh, I can't wait. Okay. It's going to be miserable. No, not miserable. It's going to be great. But <laughs> just like, come on, this couldn't have happened like a week from now. Um, but yes, but you know, we all know that the cold is actually really good for your nervous system, though. Yeah, I'm like, and I'm just taking a continual uh, cold plunge, right? Like, I'm just continually totally. cold plunging. So I've long. actually been bundling up and like really just walking, like walking. You know, I've been doing a lot of walking. If anyone's been following me, I've been having problems with my lower back and my neck tension and stuff like that, and it's seriously been so helpful. Um, and so I've just been bundling up and like taking in the cold air. So get out there, you guys. If you're in Florida, it's probably like amazing too. I mean, I love the sun, but come on. Um, I'm so excited for today's episode. Uh, you guys probably know why if you've been following us and listening to the episodes for uh a long time, because I have now shared two breakups since we started this um podcast. And um, both times you can actually listen to on I don't know what number of episodes they are, but the la- like the f- the first breakup I talked about was like a year and a half, two years ago, and the other one was just back in July. So I do talk about that a lot. A lot of people have been I've gotten really good feedback about just sharing my story and feeling like they can relate and um, learning a lot more about anxious attachment, which you know I struggle with. Um, and what's kind of helped me. And so I I needed to bring on the guest we have today because she – and I'm fangirling like so bad because she has – her podcast, her courses, her Instagram page has literally saved me the first couple weeks of my breakup. Um, I'm still – like a totally li- like looking at all of her stuff still, but like in that initial stages of the breakup, it's just like trying to get so much information that you feel like can help you in that moment. And I'm so excited to have Kendra on today. Um, her name's Kendra Allen, and she's known as the breakup bestie. Um, 
And she's a breakup coach. I'm going to read her bio before we get her on, and I'm so excited. So here we go. Okay. Kendra Allen is a breakup coach, host of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast, author of the Breakup Workbook, and founder of Breakup Bestie. After going through a series of painful breakups, Kendra realized there was a huge gap online for practical and healthy heartbreak advice, and she set out to fill it. She first launched the Your Breakup Bestie Instagram account in 2017. Since then, Kendra has helped hundreds of thousands of people recover from heartbreak through her blog, social media, coaching, and her podcast. Kendra has been featured in Cosmopolitan, On Air with Ryan Seacrest, ABC News, and more. Welcome, Kendra. Hi. Thank you for having me. That was a, I feel so flattered with that intro. I, I mean, I like love you so much. So I'm like, this is, I honestly, I love all of our guests, but you just really on a personal level level has, have helped me so much. And um, so excited to have you on. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. It's yeah. an honor to be on. Yeah. So um, before we kind of get in, cause we're going to talk about, you know, healing anxiety um, after heartbreak and some six coping strategies. Um, but I, I do want to just talk a little bit about like your my my journey because most people have heard it um and what I feel like you have helped with so much as far as like initial like if you are initially going through heartbreak or you're trying to like date again because that's kind of where I'm at now I'm about four months out mm-hmm. um but initially I think that there were so much of um so much grief I was going through and um I I don't even know if I even like absorbed a lot of what I was even taking in at that time. So I even like listened to your podcast again and again. Um, And I'm just curious, like what you feel before going into the coping statements, what you've seen and learned about people going through a breakup, like what is the hardest thing do you think for someone? Yeah. So I think, I think what people are like really attracted to with my content is, um, I always say like there are like these really beautiful quote accounts on Instagram where you see the quote and it's like, I don't know, it just like is very moving. Um, But I feel like the difference between that and like my content is I'm like, okay, go out and do these three things, especially on my podcast. Like I really – it's like very prescriptive um, and I give – like like you said, people don't know what to do. <laughs> like they just yeah. like don't know how to make it through the day. So I give like, okay, uh, you know, talk to a couple friends today, take out a journal, write some stuff down, make some plans. I like really kind of handhold people through, especially the beginning part. Um, because I think I think the main thing that people struggle with in the beginning is just that feeling of drowning. It's like so um, like dysregulating to your system where it's just yeah. like, oh my God, like the the rug's ripped out. Um, you don't know which way is up. You don't know how. And then it's too, like I say, it's like one of the hardest things you go through where there's not like you can't just call out of work because you went through a breakup, at least in most cases. Um, right. You don't get like paid time off when you're going through a heartbreak. So you could be broken up with on like a Sunday and then have to go to work on a Monday. Like life still has to go on. Um, right. So I think that's a really hard part about breakups. It's just – it's such a hard thing and you you are kind of expected to move on with your life kind of quickly and you still have to go to work and you still have to pay bills. 
but you feel like you are incapable of that. Um, so I think that's – I think at like each stage there's like a different part and you can probably like attest to this where in the beginning it's just like I don't know which way is up. I don't know how to function. And then you get more into like – what does this breakup mean about me? We get like really like we take it so personal and so we start really like getting down on ourselves and then we look back and it's like, what does this pattern mean about me? So I don't know. We get like very kind of – we personalize things a lot and then there's like a lot of fear of like I'm never going to find someone and, and that kind of a thing. So there's like that negative self-talk part of a breakup, which I think is really difficult as well. Yeah. That was – that was definitely it for me. I yeah. mean, I, I, it, I think it. I think it also sometimes um, depends on, I guess, like the type of breakup or like the type of relationship you're in. Totally. Because it was definitely easier in some different breakups I had in my life. This one was probably, you know, I had never like been in love like I was with this guy, and um, and I. I knew, you know, then when there's always this part of you too that knows, you know, something is off about it, you know, you're, you, I had so many gut feelings a lot of times that this probably wasn't, we weren't aligned with a lot of things, but we, I, we still had a really great love, you know, and um, that grief, I think that just has come up a lot for me in this process of just um, that I learned so much about grief too. Like I didn't realize that there's so many similar emotions that you go through. Mm-hmm. when you break up with someone as when someone dies yeah. and and it's um you know it's it's you know i saw this thing on on tiktok um earlier today that was this little girl explaining grief and um i guess her mom had died when she was like 7 and she was saying oh my god she was so cute and just like just so raw and how little kids just are so smart and brilliant and she said you know um I just she's like the feeling of sadness like this feeling of loss will never will never go away it'll just start hurting less in time but you know it'll just always be there and the love will always be there I mean it was so cute and I'm like that's really what it is it really yeah. kind of just in time and I remember saying this cuz one of my friends just broke up with her boyfriend too that every if I had a dollar for every single person that told me within the first like a month like it just takes time it's yeah. time it's you're just going to be okay with time I'm like okay well I don't know what you want me to do with that in this moment cuz I don't even know what to do You're like do you have a remote control that I can like fast forward this through <laughs> cuz like I need help now <laughs> you know so it's yeah it's hard cuz it's it's like doing the work and like intentionally healing, but it's also time. Like anyone that tells you that you can like expedite your healing like in a certain amount of time, it's just not right. And I was actually listening to a podcast yesterday and I can't even remember the podcast now, but they were saying like grief, They like if we picture like a jar with like a ball in it, that's like represents our grief. And so many people Mm -hmm. think that like the ball shrinks, but that's not actually what happens. Like the jar just gets bigger. Like your life gets bigger around it and feels more full. And so the grief feels smaller in perspective, like in proportion to the rest of your life. Um, And I loved that. I thought that was so true. Yeah. No, it it is. And I can honestly say now like four months out, um, the the, – emotion like the attachment I'm I'm a lot more detached now. So, you know, you talk a lot about attachment anxiety in your podcast, which is awesome. Um we've talked a lot about um attachment theory and 
um, attachment anxiety in our podcast and learning how to like detach from it was the best thing for me. But um, not going to make, I don't want to make this like all about me, my experience. <laughs> I do want to get into kind of some of the coping, the coping tools that you found have been really helpful for your clients and for the people you work with. Um, and so what, what have you found? Like what's, Let's kind of get into it. Yeah. So um, I th- the first thing that I always like try to tell people is just to hop into your community, whatever that looks like. Um, <clears throat> as you guys – like, you know, as you guys I'm sure I've talked about on your podcast, but like there's a lot of like co- co-regulation that happens in relationships. Like when you're with someone else where, you know, you're – I don't know. Like you're you're co-regulating your emotions and so when that person goes away, you feel very there's like a huge void, you feel super isolated. So I tell people like get within your community, reach out to your friends, tell them what's going on, be super honest. This isn't the time to be like I'm okay. Let people take care of you, let people invite you over. Um and if you don't have like a strong support system, like find an online support system. Like that's why I have my Facebook group where it's like you can exist with other people going through a breakup. The The last thing you want to do is like feel completely alone in your feelings because you're not. Um, and we get into this thing of like, I'm the only person who is going through this. No one else understands me. I'd say like kind of drop that idea. Um, Your friends, even if they haven't gone through a heartbreak recently, like they can help you in some ways and just let them like be there for you, be really – like let people know how to help you. Um, I think I get that a lot. Like people will say my friends aren't helping me in the way that I need. And I say like, have you given them feedback? Have you asked for what you need? That's really important. People are going to help in the way that they want to be helped. Um, So sometimes we need to kind of guide them as to how we need to be helped. So I think community is is really important um, to to, to just know that you still are very loved. I think that's a big thing too. Like I'm unlovable. um, No one wants to be around me. We have a lot of those thoughts going on after a breakup. So just remembering like, okay, my friends still love me. My family still loves me. Whatever your situation is, um, community is like the first thing that I always point to. It's like the first thing in my course that I that I talk about. I think it's so important. Yeah, that's like super parallel with anxiety. I feel like because it's yes. a lot of people won't understand. You can't expect them to understand. Yeah, and a lot of people will tell you like, "Oh, this too shall pass." Well, right now, I mean, it doesn't feel like it's gonna pass, and I feel very alone. And so I feel like these are a lot of parallels with anxiety too. Yeah. I mean, even just like I remember my last breakup, it was like can, like asking a friend like, can you just like give me a hug? Like that's literally like I just need – I just need – and I remember getting a hug and like being able to take a deep breath. Like there's just so much that happens like between people um, and so being able to, to state that I think is really – is really important. And your friends like probably won't have the right thing, exact right thing to say and that's okay. Um, but you know, can you like, can we take you to, to, I remember my friends like took me to a movie. Did I want to go to a movie? No. But like, I just was like kind of led around by them and it was helpful. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. A lot of times people don't want advice because I feel like you have that one friend who always tries to keep giving you advice and you're just like, ah, like this is a lot right now. Yeah. Like to fix it. Like they're just trying to fix it. And and they have good intentions, but it's just like, not right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They just need to kind of like sit with you. Like that's what helped me just sit with me in this. And and like you said, just invite me places and just expect that 
I'm probably not going to be like my best self and that's okay yeah. for you. I mean, I remember the the night it happened, it was a Friday and I left to go stay with my mom for what I thought at her, like um, she had an apartment. She had, they had sold the house that I grew up in and she was just there um, herself because my dad was in like an assisted living community. And so she had, you know, like some room I could stay and you know, I brought a bag for like a couple nights. I ended up staying with her for like two weeks because I, my, everything in my apartment reminded me of my ex. And so I, I slept or not slept, whatever there. I don't even know what happened those last, those two weeks. But I remember the next day after it happened and I woke up, I texted a couple of my friends and my one friend was like, meet us here. We're going miniature golfing. Me and Don, me and my, me and my other friend Don are going miniature golfing. I'm like, oh my gosh, what? I don't miniature. What random? Like it was even random for them to do that because like I love it. But and she was like, no, you're doing it. Come here. And I was like, okay. My mom's like, you're going. And I just remember feeling in such a fog. I cried the entire time. I think I got like a hole in one too. And they were like, yay, like cheering me. And I'm yeah. like, whatever, great. <laughs> I know. And I they, have- oh no, but. They, they just listened to my entire story. That's, you know, I told it so many times, but they were just so great and gave me such grace. But anyway. Yeah. And that, I mean, that kind of leads me to my second thing that I always tell people, which is healthy distractions. And I think like, I think there's like a really great evolution that's happened online of just like, do the healing, like don't, um, don't distract yourself from your feelings, like do the work, go to therapy, don't shove stuff down. But like, in the beginning, your feelings are just so massive when you're going through a breakup that like you can't just dive right in. Um, I like I use the example of going doing trauma therapy. Like I did EMDR trauma therapy, and um, my therapist was like, "We can't dive into stuff when it's at a ten. Like we have to do stuff that's like a three, totally. a four, a five before we can get to the ten. So I think healthy distractions are so important. Like like what you said, go miniature golfing. Even if you're crying, like it's okay. Yeah. It's like whatever you can do to take yourself, you want to look at like hour increments. Can you be happy for like a half hour, an hour to forget about it? And um, my friends dragged me to Vegas right after my breakup and I we went to like a pool party, which I'm like so not a Vegas person, but <laughs> we went. Um, Talk about distraction. That'd be yeah. a good distraction. Like. And I was at a pool party with like a DJ, literally like in the front row, just sobbing because <laughs> I, I like saw two people, yeah. like two drunk people totally. who probably didn't even know each other. I saw them kissing and I was like, I'm alone, you know, but it's like I went, it was a good, it was like a good trip. So healthy distractions I think are so, so, so important. Yeah. I was even going to say that like relates like with Taylor, what you were saying, it's parallel to anxiety. So with like panic attacks for me, and I think for some people, distraction actually is really helpful too because you can't think rationally when you're having a panic attack. So, you know, there's so many different tools that you can use to help regulate your nervous system when it's stuck in a fight or flight, like that we were talking about cold weather or like ice, you know, um, and different distractions as far as like a grounding technique or um, like moving your body. I know for me, someone just commented underneath one of my posts because I was I showed my a panic attack I was having like in real time and I had written on the caption that I needed to get into my car and drive to my favorite park and getting in my car actually distracts me like driving. Some people are so frozen. They're like, how do you even drive? Are you kidding yeah. me? I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like driving actually like makes me think of something else because I have to pay attention to driving. Mm-hmm. 
So that like helps me. So I feel like that's kind of similar, the parallels with panic attacks too, you know? Yeah. I mean, even like there have been times, I mean, I haven't gone through a breakup in a long time, but I do, I still struggle with, I've struggled with anxiety my whole life. And there were, you know, there were times, especially during COVID when I couldn't go anywhere where literally like TikTok was like my little, like, just take me out of my head for a little bit. And it was like the thing I needed to like break my anxiety or, um, or something like that. So it's like, don't judge yourself for the tools that you're using. Obviously, you don't want to do totally. anything super destructive, like, you know, right. <laughs> numb yourself out completely or anything like that. But like, I think people get really caught up in, I should be doing this instead of this. It's like, especially in the beginning, what are you going to do to make it through the day? That's okay. Like, make it through the day is the the mantra in the beginning. Don't judge yourself on anything aside from that. I love that. Um, and I think the the other thing that I really recommend is routine. And this is so big with like anxiety too, but like kind of your life feels very unpredictable and out of control when you're going through a breakup. So like anything you can do to like structure your day in a way where you feel safe within it, I think. So like, you know, making your bed, like doing like whatever that looks like, doing skincare in the morning, making your coffee a certain way, um, having that like doing a gratitude list in the morning, whatever you can – and it doesn't need to be like an extravagant routine, but having some sort of morning routine and night routine because those are the two hardest times when you're going through a breakup um, in the morning when you're like have to come to terms with the fact, especially like the first few days where you're like – you wake up and you're like, is this a dream? Am I in a nightmare? <laughs> and you have to like come to terms with the fact that you're going through a breakup again. And then mm-hmm. night times are obviously hard because a lot of times you're by yourself. Um, And if you lived with your ex or spent a lot of time with your ex at night, it's like you really feel their absence. Oh, my gosh. Totally. I remember, you know, also the the like constant checking of my phone to see if he texted me. Yeah. (laughs) Like constant. And, you know, and I remember thinking just, oh, my gosh, like someone take it away from me. But then I'd be so mad at them. Yeah. <laughs> it was like my distraction tool, but then it was so – it was kind of destructive in a way because I was just like, oh my gosh, what's he doing? And then also, you know, this might be one of your tools, but like social media can be good. But then it's like if he's on it or if they're on it, you yeah. know, it's like I'm tempted to look at it. And um, But I, I will say routine is so important for just in general – Especially for someone with anxiety, not just the breakup, which it can be, but having some type of structure, I think, can be so healthy when you feel dysregulated because it kind of makes you feel like you have some sense of control over things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I um, I mean, a big part of my story is I got sober almost 10 years ago and that was like a big I mean just learning how to live my life in like a new way and that was like such a like the first thing that someone told me was like do you want to stay sober just like make your bed in the morning and just like something so simple but like starting routines was so important and there's so many parallels between like getting sober and going through a breakup it's like I mean you probably it's like a detox when you're going through 
a breakup. It's like so many of the same. And I, I interviewed someone on my podcast who said like physiologically, there's so many of the same things happening in our bodies, quitting a drug and going through a breakup where it's like, that's why we feel like physically in pain. We get so obsessive because we're, we want something so bad that's not that we can't have anymore. And so, so many of the tools that I talk about are actually really similar to you know, quitting a substance. And I think when people can hear that, I think they feel like a little less quote unquote crazy where, cause I feel like it makes you feel crazy. I want to look, I want to drive by their house. I want to send this like paragraph long message. And you're like, I feel like a reasonable person, but now I feel completely unreasonable. And I, and I hate that. And then we feel shame about it. And just like this crazy, this like spiral that we get into. So just remembering like you're going through something wild right now in your body, emotionally, mentally, like there's so much going on and that's okay that you're going through that. And I think just knowing that that's normal takes a lot of pressure off of people. Oh my gosh. It's just like bringing me all back. (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I haven't even listened to that episode that we recorded, Taylor, about, about it. Like, which I was the first episode of this season of our podcast. I haven't even listened to it again, and I'm now so curious. Like, what you, I think I actually feel like you were compared to the first breakup. I feel I saw a lot of growth, like with like emotions. I mean, maybe you just didn't show it on the episode, but like that first breakup in the member, or maybe because we waited a lot no. longer to record. But no, you actually, my sister said the same thing. And and that that breakup, I stayed with her for like two weeks, and that was during the holidays. And she's like, Ellie, you would have thought – and I was with yeah. this guy for like six months or something. She's like, you would have thought you were getting divorced after like 25 years, the way that yeah. you reacted to that. She's like, it, no, it was, like, she was so helpful. She wasn't like minimizing my experience at the time. Right. But now she told me the same thing. She's like, you're so different this time around, even though it was so much more intense. And I think because I had gone through it, like I had the tools a little bit to know I would be okay and also – that I was giving myself permission to like grieve it. And really, I learned a lot actually from the first breakup by listening to your. <laughs> and as you go through breakups and stuff, you just learn more about what you're looking for and that like life happens like this, you know, and this just happened to happen to me later in a, at a later age, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I thank you. I, I, I think you're right with that. I feel like yeah, I no, it, it it wasn't it it wasn't a bad episode at all. I think you could listen to it and feel peaceful listening to it. And we did give a lot more time. Remember, we took that break, so you you had a little bit longer because the first right. episode we did record it like probably right, right too away. soon. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, I was well. crying the entire time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and anyone that follows me, I was sharing all of this on my stories, so they might yeah. be thinking, "Wait, what are you talking about? Your stories were like you crying every single day on your pillow." I'm like, right. "Yes, it was. So it's fine. Okay, this is real life. Okay." <laughs> and, um, but yeah, so so I I agree with that. I think routine and just trying to kind of give yourself grace and just find some sense of control. I yeah. have a question. I oh, yeah. oh sorry. Allison, I don't remember you. You were saying that all re- resonated with you, but I don't ever remember you doing like reaching out and like almost like wanting that. Um, or maybe you had the thoughts, but I don't remember you like how she said the obsessive wanting to like reach out. And you were kind of okay. like, I'm not texting you. I did. So I, if you, re- I don't know if you remember, but I think I, oh, maybe I don't know when we recorded this. Anyway, I ended up texting him. Um, 
a couple days after we broke up just saying, hey, I think it would be you know, I think it would be a value for both of us if we were able to just talk um, without. I remember we, that. We were both basically crying the entire time. It was just very like we weren't fighting. We were just she was crying, I was crying, and I didn't even remember the conversation. And I was like, I think it would be worth just kind of sitting down and having a more rational conversation with each other about like what's going, what's happening, not not to get back together or anything, but just like okay, let's sit down and actually. It was just all so emotional, and so he said, you know. I'll text you when I get back from whatever he was going away. And that was like, you know, five days later. And he didn't, he didn't text he didn't text yeah. me for three and a half weeks. Yeah. And said, Hey, I'm gonna be in your area tomorrow. I'm still up to meet up if you want. And I just texted him back and said, I'm Thanks, good. I'm good. <laughs> Have we haven't talked to But each you other. never had the like so- like some of my friends, they they go that all in almost like you want you start trying so hard that it's like it comes off very clingy, like buying a guy a pizza, sending it to his house. Like I literally have a friend who did this, uh, like sending him food, no. like oh, obsessively texting him. I don't feel like you ever – yeah. That was one thing that I will never do. I will never mm. do that. Like I know you're – I love that Kendra talks a lot about no contact. So now I'm like the queen of – I feel like people are so hard. No, no contact. I mean, that is the hardest thing for girls though. It or, or is even men so. too. I don't know. But like I know a lot of friends who they just become this like – and I'm and from an outsider looking in, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, if you only knew like this is making things like he's for sure showing his friends. They're like – I mean I know this one girl. It was so sad but like he her boyfriend broke up with her and then he was out at the bar and like there was like someone's instagram story and you could see the guy in the background scrolling his text of all her texts and the guy's laughing and i was just like i mean you know immature college men but it's just like oh if she only like could like those texts weren't helping get him back you know like you're not gonna win him back with the pouring out your love and it, and I read some of the texts and it was like pour, pouring out her love anger and then like cussing him out and then pouring out her love again and it's just like of course immature men don't understand what she's going through to feel that way but it's just so sad to see no contact is so important and it's so hard I always tell people like I think I talk about it so much that people think I think it's easy People are like, it's hard. I'm like, I know, it's really hard. That's why I have so <laughs> much content around it because it's really hard. But, you know, what's really surprising is, um, I mean, no contact. The first time I ever did a no contact breakup was like the easier breakup for me. And I realized it's harder in the moment because you're completely losing this person and you're not being able to. I think people think, like, well, it makes sense for me to like retain some sort of connection with them. It doesn't. It's like a, like someone trying to like, like an alcoholic trying to like, drink one glass of wine on like Friday nights. Like yeah. it just doesn't work. Like you just – you got to wipe it out if you're able. Yeah. I know a lot of people like share kids with exes and aren't able to do that. But if you are able um, – and I ended up asking my audience like what's been the biggest benefit from going no contact? And and so many people said lowered anxiety because if you think about it, when you are in contact with an ex that you broke up with – you don't have that same connection, obviously, where you're texting with them every day. So it's like you have to be so calc- – like people end up being so calculated. I haven't texted them in three days. Should I reach out? What should I say? When am I going to hear back from them? Are they going to ask to see me? Are Like was what I just said okay? It's like it's so anxiety 
inducing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's really painful and hard to not talk to them, but the anxiety goes way down because you're not – like you just don't expect to hear from them because you're no contact. So it just takes something off the table that causes a lot of anxiety. And I never really thought about it until I heard from people and I'm like, oh, it makes so much sense why why your anxiety would, would go down. Today's episode is sponsored by Haya. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise, filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk growing kids should never eat. That's why Haya was created. The pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin. While most children's vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar and can contribute to a variety of health issues, Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, yet it tastes great and is perfect for picky eaters. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full body nourishment our kids need with a yummy taste they love. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, vitamin C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. It's non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. My niece and nephew had so much fun decorating their own Haya bottle with the stickers that came with their first order, and they even will send you an eco-friendly refill every month. The chicks have worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you should go to HayaHealth.com slash anxiety chicks. That's HayaHealth.com slash anxiety chicks. This deal is not available on their regular website. So go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash anxiety chicks and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Today's episode is brought to you by Just Thrive. Um, Just Thrive is the company of the co-founder we had on a couple episodes ago. She's amazing. The company's amazing. And as we guys all know, there is no escaping stress in this life. Not only is it at the root of everything that makes life feel harder, like sleep loss and low energy, it is also linked to some of the world's toughest health problems like depression, obesity, high blood pressure, and even heart disease. While you can't outrun stress, I know we all like to imagine that we can and that it'll just go away, you can stay healthy by outsmarting it. On its own, Just Thrive's new all-natural mood management product, Just Calm, works like a charm to help you flip the switch on stress and feeling overwhelmed. In fact, Just Calm's proprietary ingredients have been clinically proven to do the almost unimaginable help you easily help you manage stress, improve sleep quality and energy, and even encourage better focus and flow. 
Allison and I have been using Just Calm since they sent it to us, and it is just the icing on the cake to help with any extra stress that you may be going through, especially around the holidays. I don't know about you, but I get a little more stressed, though I love the holidays. I just feel like there's all these extra things that get kind of get added to your to-do list. While they're fun, it can be stressful. So get this. Because your gut produces 95% of your serotonin, aka your happy hormone, when you pair Just Calm with Just Thrive's award-winning probiotic, which Allison and I also both absolutely love, we've been taking that one longer than Just Calm, you've got an unbeatable total body health recipe that'll have you winning the day every day. You can learn more about this groundbreaking company on episode, I think, 88 or 89. Trust me, you want to listen to it and you want to try out this combo. And right now, you can get 15% off site-wide or grab this dynamic duo of Just Calm and Just Thrive Probiotic. This was the probiotic we talked about in the episode, which is the spore-based one. When you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code ANXIETYCHICKS at checkout, we will add a clickable link in the show notes. Now let's get back to the episode. Um, so yeah, so no no contact, I think, is definitely something that I highly recommend. Like I was saying before, my friend just broke up with her boyfriend and I'm trying to say, trying to tell her. I mean, I feel a little bit blessed at this point looking back because my ex did not use social media. He had it, but he mm. literally never uses it and yeah. never. Um, I actually didn't share this with with anybody on my stories yet. And I guess I don't know why I didn't because I share everything about my life. But I only just a week ago, a week or two ago, actually deleted him from Instagram um, because I saw a picture of him and his son for Halloween. And that was the first story he's posted in four months. Yeah, And I was crying hysterically. (laughs) I'm just like, uh, okay, I don't think this is good. And I just made myself do it. I just did it and I didn't even think about it and said, why am I – why is this still – why is he still even an option for me to see this? And um, and so I feel like it's kind of a blessing that he didn't use it a lot because I think I it, it would have been way harder for me just to be like no contact. So I give – I, you know, I, I understand anyone listening how difficult. Like we might be saying, "Do this and do this." It's not that easy. It really no. isn't. I mean, in my like last breakup, um, the breakup that started breakup bestie, uh, I had deleted my ex, but it took me like four or five months to to delete them on social media because it's like I think. And people ask me like, "What do, what do I do if I can't stop looking?" And I'll tell them like, for a week. I just want you to be really curious about how it makes you feel. So like if you're going to look, that's fine. But I want you to take out a journal and I want you to write down how you felt after looking Mm, and just be mm -hmm. super curious, not judgmental. Just take a look at what is – how is this impacting me? And I think that really helps people because they're like – instead of – because I think when we say I shouldn't do this and, and are very judgy about it, I think you're more likely to keep doing it. So if you yeah. can just say, okay, how is this making me feel? And then I tell people like have one little like 
thing that you have to do before you look, whether that's text a friend and just say like, hey, I'm going to go look at their social media. Sometimes just knowing you either have to send that text or watching yourself type that out that you're going to go look can be the thing that stops it. Um, I think that's really important. But I remember um, I was running this event for this thing and I had to make a Facebook page. And I remember I added my ex. He didn't know I was connected to the event. I added him so I could go look. It's like we do wild Uh, things. So it's like – don't judge yourself for I, – I one no. time posted a box and I was like, what's the wildest thing you did to like get in contact with your ex? And it's like looked at their Venmo, looked at their work social – like people have done everything, everything under the sun. It, there's nothing – like there's nothing unique that I've, you know, that I've ever heard someone so, do. So Venmo was the only, only thing that I had that I knew I could see that was any social thing with him. And that's what I literally looked at maybe four or five times since July. And I'm like, oh, he got tacos with blah, blah, blah. That's literally the only thing. (laughs) So now in Venmo, I'm like, that was I, why I was using Venmo. It's so, I don't want to be mean to myself, but I did, I did feel, I did feel kind of pathetic. I don't know, but I feel very proud of myself It's like human nature to want to know something about someone that you knew so intimately. Like you knew everything, like if you think about it when you're going through a breakup, you know what the person like ate for breakfast, had for lunch, what they're doing this weekend, what's going on at their work. Like you know everything about them and then you know nothing and it's so weird. You want to know like, oh, how did that presentation at work go? So weird. Oh, it's their mom's birthday. I wonder what they got them for their mm-hmm. for, for their birthday. So it's like it's so normal to have like a huge curiosity about that kind of stuff. So it's, it's like it – it's everything against your human nature to not look. So yeah. like look at it like like that. It's it takes so much to not look. So yeah. So would you say that's like tip number 4 is like the no contact thing? Yes, no contact. Okay. Yeah, I think that's like a huge a huge tip and and I'd say like my fifth and it kind of goes along with it and we kind of already touched on it but like really focus on what's in your control. I think there's not for me there's nothing more anxiety inducing than trying to control something that I don't have any control over. Um it just makes me feel like panicked and I think so many people try to focus on what their ex is doing. They want to make sure like they're not dating anyone. They want to still appear favorably to their ex. A lot of people will say, well, my I want to make sure my ex doesn't think this about me. And it's like, can't control, you know, we can't control that. That's why so much of my content's not focused on your ex. It's focused on you. All you have, like, mm-hmm. you can't control anything past the tip of your nose. Um, and so I tell people, like, focus on how you're feeling, not on, like, what you think your ex is doing or what they're thinking about you or the closure that you didn't get or the exact right thing your ex didn't say to you. None of that stuff's in your control. Focus only on yourself, how you're feeling. Um, and that's, that's all you have control over and that, and that's powerful. That's yeah. So I, I just feel like anything you can do that's really empowering is, is going to help you and, and lower anxiety and, and make the healing process a lot easier. Yeah. I, I think that's why I <laughs> literally those first couple of weeks were downloading your podcast. There was like two other podcasts I was listening to. I bought like three of your courses or something and was doing them every day. I didn't work actually for like two days. I did kind of push my clients to like a couple. I just needed that. And then working actually did help me when yeah. I it was getting me out of my head a little bit. So 
Um, but like I was trying to do all these action steps to try and just have a little bit of control and it did, it did help. Yeah. I think we, um, I think we get really, really focused on, I think it's a combination of the could have, should haves. You start replaying every single part of the, of your relationship, every conversation. If only I had done this instead of that or said this instead of this, or maybe I shouldn't have brought this up at this particular time. Especially like if there's a certain conversation that ended up leading to the breakup, you're like, if I had never started that conversation, we never would have broken up, which isn't true. Like you would have broken up at the start of another conversation a month later or whatever that looks like. Um, but we get so hyper-focused on, I call it like the could have, should haves within the relationship. Um, and then I think people get really stuck on if they don't have the exact reason why the relationship ended. Um, people will obsess about that for, for a long period of time. Um, they'll reach out to their ex trying to get that answer. And all that is is distracting from – what you actually need to heal, which is sadness, betrayal, uh, anger. But it's it's easier to like focus on these outside things instead of having to address the grief, which is hard and and deep and heavy. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, this is like I've like actually <laughs> talked about a lot of this in like I was just talking about it all the time for like two months. And then I feel like, wow, this is enlightening to me right now because I'm actually at a good place. And I feel like excited for people listening to this, even though there might be some people might be like crying and going through it right now. You will, you will totally come out of it. Like it's hard to believe that, you know, and even hearing it, but I didn't believe it back yeah. in like July. And it's been four months, um, which I feel like isn't even a lot of time. Some people need to go through for a long time. Yeah. And there's no there's no timeline. There's no like people will say like, no. well, how long should I go through? It's like, I, no. I can't tell you that. It depends on totally. so many things. Um, but I love like you being able to reflect back on it. My, my last um, like coping skill to help with anxiety is journaling. And I think journaling helps for so many reasons. It's like getting that – it's taking the power out of those like – big thoughts in your head. Um, It's like being able to have a safe conversation with yourself. But I love being able to like look back on journals and see how far you've come because it's it's feels it can feel like you're stuck in the breakup for so long. But if you can look back to like if you start journaling in the beginning, look back on like how intense everything felt then you can see so much like how you've grown, which I think is really powerful. Yeah, I agree. I love all of this. I I don't know. I sorry, Taylor. I feel like I've been talking so much. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything you want to add. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I was just even thinking about how it might look different. Like, what does the process look like for someone, say, who's listening, who not only got broken up with, but say had a layer of betrayal trauma on top of the breakup? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, someone who was maybe cheated on. I mean, like yeah. you know, cheated on or lied to. Um, I mean, I think that it, it does. It makes the breakup. Um, it, it does a couple things. I mean, it makes the breakup feel more personal and um, like it's. I mean, then you start thinking like I wasn't good enough, um, and yeah. then it makes the future scarier because you're like, oh, I thought I trusted this person. How am I ever going to be able to trust? another person. Yeah. Um, so I mean I, I think 
I think like a lot of the healing is going to be the same where you are just focusing on you. And whenever I like people say like, I'm scared to be able to trust anyone again, I think the biggest thing is to just build us again. Like you can't, you cannot ensure that you're ever like you're never going to be with someone who cheats again. But I think what you yeah. can control is like building a really strong sense of trust within yourself, um, and looking that and even if I'll be okay. Yeah, and looking back on like and do, and I say like don't do this in the beginning. But if you are someone that was cheated on, once you kind of are over the hump, like look back reflectively. What did I miss? Um, and not to say you should shame yourself or like I can't believe I missed this, but just okay, um, I ignored a gut sense at a certain point and mm-hmm. I don't want to do that again. So building like a strong connection with your gut um, and being able to listen to that. Um, and i that's what I tell – like it, there is a time and a place to look back on your relationship and learn lessons. It's not the beginning. You just can't be – you can't be objective in the beginning. You can't be kind to yourself in the beginning. Um, you got to just like heal and nurture and be super kind to yourself. And then like once you're at the point where like you are, Allison, where you, you're you not so raw around it, then yeah. take a look. What, what can I learn? What can I do differently um, moving forward? Allison, you said that you were like looking like not too long ago, you talked about this, but you said looking back, there was a couple things where your gut was just like, and you just kept going. I mean, I could say I I probably said this on other episodes, but on our third date, I remember asking him where he sees himself in five years. Yep, And it was like I was asking him to like, you know sell his kidney or something. <laughs> I, I, He was like, a what? A what? Oh my God. I don't even know. What are you talking about? Like, it was like the weirdest question. Um, I was thinking, okay, why is that such an odd? And so that right there, I just have that in my mind all the time that no, like maybe, maybe that'll be what I ask people now and see what all their reactions <laughs> yeah. are on dates and be like, um, you just no. get up and leave. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Bye. You know, there was, that was just a very concrete example I can think of, but there were, there were other things too, um, that we weren't just not aligned. He wasn't at the same level as, I mean, I feel very grateful that I didn't have any of those really traumatic type of experiences with him. He's a great, great person. And I don't know, maybe, well, who knows what happens down the road, you know, if we are aligned again. But, um, you know, yeah, there were definitely moments where my gut was saying, he's not ready. He's not ready for what you are. And also I think like I, I, wasn't I have such I had such strong like codependent anxious attachment tendencies that I don't think I'd be able to work through without my relationship with him. Like this is going to be so helpful now for new relationships for me that I'm going to know what I need as far as like love languages and how to, you know, express my needs and what I really do need to be met with because he did not give me that a lot of times. And knowing that sooner, like earlier on now in dating, knowing that like, okay, maybe this is something that is not aligned either. And I, I might know that earlier than later in certain people I date now at this point, instead of just like being with someone for almost two years and like, (laughs) <laughs> just letting it go and having the same fights and all this stuff, you know? Um, I think honestly, like, I think everyone will get to that point that you're at where you can be like, okay, I, I see all the benefits of this. And I'm like, I always try to like 
I don't know, skate the line of like toxic posit- – like I never want to like put out like toxic positivity like this will be a blessing yeah. in disguise. But the thing is like it will be a blessing in disguise. I just like have to be really careful on how – Right. How you don't want to – Yeah. I don't want to like have someone be like there's a good – you know, there's a positive – there's a silver lining to this. Um, but there, there is. Like there – everyone and, – and I think another thing is like whatever kind of – phrase or like hope you can hang on to. Like I had a mentor once tell me like if you don't have hope in yourself, like you can borrow it from someone else kind of a thing. Like if there's someone that like you trust, if they'll say like, hey, it's going to be okay. And I think I feel really Mm -hmm. grateful that a lot of people find that in me. Um, But just like whatever kind of hope you can cling on to in that, whether it's like this is going to pass, you know, at some point in the future, like I'll feel grateful that this happened. Like I will find love someday, whatever like Thing makes you feel kind of like gives you a sense of like oh, okay this is this is gonna be okay hang on to that um, and you won't have it in all moments but like I think that there is you know listening to like your story or um, I just put out an episode where I had people who are like over the hump of their breakup write what they wish they knew when they were going through it and I just have an episode of me reading all of those like hang on to those kind of things. They are important. It that. is important to recognize the sadness, but it's also important to like have some touchstone to hope and positivity. Totally. You have to – you you almost have to like force yourself yeah. to – to get to that, I, I, like, like by little little moments every day, not just like okay, right now you have to do all these things. Like yeah. for me, I needed to for like I decided I was going to go on a dating site, you know, a couple weeks ago. I was but about not- to ask you that. Are okay, you back on? I am. So I I went on Bumble and I I thought to myself, okay, I'm on. I'm just gonna kind of like have a bare bones profile. Not really. Kind of go on maybe for ten minutes a day. See like uh, who's out there, and then slower and slower. I kind of filled out my profile. I talked to like a couple guys. Then I downloaded Hinge about two weeks ago, and then I actually paid for it a week later. So I'm like slowly building up, and really, I I also hired a dating coach. So I've been in this dating program. I don't know if you know who Jules Weber is. Yes. She's, she's like a good friend of mine. Really? We're, yeah. Yeah. We, we're in like this business group together. So we just – we were roomies in San Diego last month. Stop it. I, I love she's her. She's so amazing. Yeah. So yeah, if you guys are going to Jules Weber's um, Instagram, so her her 12-week program I've been doing and that's another community that has been so amazing because we yeah. have like a couple live coaching calls. I've met such great women. I'm in Philly and a couple of them are in New York. So I'm going to go like visit them. Oh, um, I love that. Jill like a big hug. She's so, so yeah. great. And so I, I got a dating coach and that was another thing that I took control over. I was like, I just want to learn more about myself and about dating and not because I need to like go find a man right now. No, 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 no. Right? Like I know actually like I really want to like work on things before I meet – I really want to meet someone that's going to be my person. So I'm like strategically doing it but – also, I did have a few dates so far. I had like two dates. They were virtual dates. And I was like, okay. That didn't really turn into anything. But I was like, good. I'm doing it. I felt really proud of myself. I was like, okay. I had a nice conversation for an hour. I'm proud that I'm actually like doing it, you know? And I I think just slowly putting yourself out there and just, again, expectations, I would say, you know, reel those expectations in. 
mm-hmm. and just make it like a practice. Like I'm just practicing. I've also started like learning more about manifesting and I'm I'm reading. I just bought this book called Manifest. Um, it's been great. So I'm trying to just really change my outlook. And I think that's going to set me closer to, you know, everything, hopefully. So yeah, I tell people that like, if you can picture your first date, um, people will say like, how do I know if I'm ready to start dating? I say like, picture your first date not going well. How do you feel? If it's like devastating, you're not ready. But if it's like, you can say like, okay, I met someone and like, I got over the hump and like, that's okay. I just, you know, whether it's like, I had a good, like I met someone new or like I got, you know, I had dinner out of it, whatever. Like if you can look at it, Mm -hmm. like, okay, it's just a drop in the bucket. It's not a big deal. I think that's a great test to know you're ready to start dating again, instead of making it mean, because people will go on a first bad date and it's like, I'm doomed. I'm never going to find someone. That's that's not true. It's like don't make if you don't make it mean more than it is. That I love that. That actually did happen last week just for a little bit in my brain and I yeah. called my one friend who helped me so much through my breakup early on and she just got married and she had very similar experience to me and then and then found like this guy who's amazing. And he was in the background and he's like, "Allie, I was he's like it only takes 10 days, 10 days. I'm like, 10 days? He's like, yeah, I literally got on for 10 days and I met Jen. Like he just got on one day and was on the – and I'm like, oh, you mean you never know who's joining. Like mm-hmm. someone might be yeah. joining tomorrow that I didn't even meet yet, you know? And so that yeah. helped me so much. And I said, oh, maybe he's just not on the site yet, you know? I like love the quote, like you haven't met all the people that are going to love you yet. Like we just get so fixated yeah. on like, I don't know anyone right now that I could be with. But it's like, yeah. I always use the example of like my friend who met her husband on a plane. Like they just like happen to sit next yeah. to each other. And it's like, I know, no, that, I never I know. know the story of that too. Yeah. Allie, you got to fly yeah. more. <laughs> I know. I'm planning on some travel <laughs> soon. Yes, just book I know. tons of flights. You never know who you'll sit by. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm not even going anywhere. I'll just like keep flying. Yeah, just all get on the plane. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> just another, I like hate flying. <laughs> I know at the airport bar, I just be yeah, like, "Hey, yeah. <laughs> where are you going?" You're like, "I'm just chilling here." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just like to hang out at airports. Yeah, um, you're like, "Wow, okay." Um, but thank you so much. This has been so great and uh, just like even therapeutic for me again. I mean, having having you on, knowing I haven't really tapped into this part of of my story in the last couple of weeks. I, uh, you know, um. It's it does it's really been helpful for me. I hope it's been helpful for people listening that, you know, you're you have certain seasons in your life. And, you know, this that was one of my seasons. And I do feel like if you are feeling like you're in a dark space, that there is there's light mm-hmm. and you can get out of it. And definitely utilize Kendra. Yeah. <laughs> she was like a light for me. So thank you so much. Tell everyone where they can follow you and everything. And yeah, thank stuff. you so much for, um, for having me on. And, and it's, uh, it's, I love being able to hear the impact of stuff. It's, it's really meaningful to me. So, um, the best place to connect with me is on Instagram at your breakup bestie. Um, the heal your heartbreak podcast comes out every Tuesday. And if you are needing it, there are like 140 episodes you could binge through. Um, and my website's breakupbestie.com where you can find all my courses. Awesome. Thank you so much again Thank you for having me on. All right. Thank you, Kendra. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.